Brand Mary, we believe in the power of storytelling. So we're on a mission to help entrepreneurs own and monetize their story through personal branding and advanced marketing strategies. Build a brand, market with ease, create more income and impact. Welcome to the Brand Mary Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Brand Mary Podcast. I'm Michelle Knight. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. I'm so excited and honored that you are here. Thank you so much for taking time to discover this podcast and actually listen to it. I know you are incredibly busy. And if you are a longtime listener, I feel like I'm on like a 90s radio show when I said that. Longtime listener, thanks again for tuning in. I so love it. It's been really cool to see the way the podcast has really grown over the last year and in a really organic way because it hasn't been a primary uh, focus for me in terms of marketing. I love creating the podcast for my existing audience. That was really the initial intention. I would create the podcast as a way to share, you know, weekly tips on branding and marketing and and running a business and it was in it was intended to be a way for my existing audience to, you know, tune in every week and have this connection with the brand and go deeper on these different subjects. And that's exactly what it did, but over the last few months we've been getting I've been getting messages from people who are finding the podcast and that just makes me so excited and is a great segue into what we're talking about today. Because today I wanted to pull back the curtain and talk more about what happens behind the scenes when life is going a little crazy, going a little haywire, you know, everything feels a little chaotic around you. Maybe you're going through a massive change. How do you adjust your focus in your business? Where do you pull back? In what areas? How do you make those decisions? And and that's what I want to talk about today. And so as you can probably tell from this episode, the podcast is one of the areas that I'm not pulling back on. And so I'll share more about why that is and how I came to this decision because I want to give you tangible steps so when you are faced with these seasons in life, which are inevitable, you can really make these decisions as a CEO of your business and know what is going to serve you in the long run, both in a business sense, but also on a personal level. But before we get into that, we got to set the scene, right? We got to do a little storytelling over here. So right now, I am recording this episode um, on September 20th, and you are listening to it on October 6th or after. So right now, as I'm recording this podcast, I am sitting in an almost empty office because we are moving out of our apartment tomorrow. So a little backstory, because I am no stranger to change, some of which I don't have control over, but honestly, most of it, we jump headfirst. We're just like, yes, let's try it. Let's see what happens. And so the strategies that I'm able to apply in these moments, they've really been like six years in the making because I've been kind of fine-tuning my process. Like when I first started and life around me would be happening, I felt like, oh my gosh, my business is on fire. Oh my gosh, everything is falling apart, you know? And of course, there are definitely moments where I'm like, oh, take deep breaths, Michelle. But back then it was like super overwhelming and I couldn't really, you know, I felt like I had to keep doing the same thing in my business 
even though life was demanding way more of me. And so over the years, I've gotten really good at identifying when I need to pull back a little bit in my business, not so much from a momentum standpoint, but from a like marketing standpoint or like creating content standpoint or um, you know, even maybe moving a launch or something like that. So this is one of those seasons, but it's definitely not new to me. So right now we are moving out of our apartment. We have been in our apartment for almost two years now. Uh, for those of you that do not know, we sold our house of six years in 2019 retired my husband and moved into an RV. And we traveled the United States for about two years. And then in 2020, during COVID, we decided to come back to our hometown where our family lives. And then we just didn't leave. <laughs> we just stayed. It was really hard to navigate for a while. We have taken trips. Obviously, we, we went back out in the RV at the end of 2020. We spent a month in Hawaii last year. We spent three months in Europe last year. So we've definitely still traveled, but we've had a home base. We've had an apartment. And that has been really exciting for the last two years. But lately, my husband and I have just been wanting to get back out there and travel again. Even our son has been asking, like, when are we traveling again? Like, when are we going back out? And so we just knew that it was time. Well, the timing of this change kind of was happening at the exact same time as our trip to Europe, which was already planned. So my husband and I have been planning our 10-year anniversary trip for a while. We went to Italy. If you listen to last week's episode, I was actually, last week when you listened to that episode, I was in Sicily, okay? So right now I'm technically in Greece while you're listening to this episode. <laughs> but we have been planning this trip to back to Italy where we had our honeymoon and then back to Greece where we are meeting our friends and family for a 10-year wedding celebration. We've been planning this for years. Not the specifics, but knowing that we wanted to do something really big and epic and a huge celebration of our life together so far. And so this was already in the books and our lease was also expiring. And so we were like, okay, we need to make some choices. So we are basically moving out right now at the time of this recording. It is a Tuesday. And then we leave for Italy and Greece for two weeks on Sunday. <laughs> so there's just been a lot happening and lots of choices, lots of decisions that have to be made, right? Um, being really, really present in the moving process, I don't want to not be part of the change that is happening. And so I've had to make decisions in my business, especially as it relates to content creation primarily. Now, if you listen to episode 50, you would have heard a behind the scenes of my summer. And this summer was an extreme situation. So I just want to like paint a picture of both of these because I've done both in my business and I think there's room for both depending on what's happening. And so this summer, if you listen to episode 50, I won't get into all the details, but my husband was dealing with health issues. And so I had to take a full stop setback from my business. My husband is our multimedia manager, and so he edits our podcast, he edits the videos for YouTube, he does a lot. And so it became really clear to me that creating content during that time in my traditional you know, weekly workflow wasn't really possible. So I put a pause on new content pretty much May, June, and July, which I think is our, my longest break I've ever taken. 
Now, during that time, I wasn't pausing my entire business, right? Because like, hello, uh, uh, this is our business, this is our livelihood, right? This this pays for our life. And um, that isn't an option. And I know for many of you, it's not an option either. So I knew I wasn't going to be creating new content because that was taking a lot of time and energy. But I was still picking the areas in which I could show up to create revenue for the business. So during that time, what it looked like was saying no to new content and saying yes to repurposing old content. So one of the things that I never compromise on is emailing my list. I have done a weekly email minimum for six years in my business. I'm pretty proud of that. I love my email list. I love it. I just love writing emails. It's a very personal way. Obviously, I'm sharing tips and tricks and resources. This is a great example of one. But there's also storytelling intertwined. And so it's just a great way for me to build that connection with my audience. So I knew my email list was still a top priority during this time. So I repurposed old blog content. I sent uh, resource guides to my email list of old YouTube videos. I had fun with reels during that time. I made like, you know, a lot, I played with a little bit of social media stuff because I had, you know, a little pocket of time. I wasn't taking it like, I wasn't being rigid with it, but I was doing it as a way of creative expression and a way to still, you know, nurture my audience on that platform. But I wasn't recording new podcasts. I wasn't creating new blogs and I wasn't creating new YouTube videos. So I was primarily focused on marketing my one-on-one services and working with my clients on the back end and emailing my list. And that was really my main focus from a marketing cash revenue point of view. During this time, though, I also had some, you know, pockets where I was really diving deep into my brand, um, thinking about, you know, how to improve my products, my services, different things like that. So a lot of kind of behind the scenes stuff, but I definitely during that period of time took a break from creating new content because it was absolutely necessary. And so I'm sharing this with you because the examples that I'm going to be diving into for this current period of my life, I find are more frequent decisions that I have to make, right? Adjusting where I'm showing up and when I'm showing up as changes are happening. For my family, it often looks like moving or traveling. Those are big moments where I'm like, okay, (laughs) we need to adjust some things because I can't do all the things and you know, be traveling. and, And it's actually really difficult. Like it's so interesting when I talk to other digital nomads or full-time travelers, which we are starting to be once once more, we always talk about traveling and travel days. It's, it's very exhausting. And um, I don't complain. I love it. But that's definitely something I now know, and I can make those adjustments in my business. So what I'm going to be talking about and sharing some tips is about kind of those moments in your life. Let's say it's really, really busy with family. It's around the holidays. Um, your kiddos have a school musical that they're in, oh, musical theater kids. So like suddenly came to my mind. It's a busy sports season. Maybe you have a huge project. You're working a nine to five and building your business on the side. You have a huge project and work coming up. Maybe you are moving. Maybe you need to step in and caretake for a family member, right? Like these are real life scenarios that we need to remember take priority. But it's also not realistic to think that we can just pause our entire business. So how do we make those strategic decisions? That's you know what we're going to be diving into. But then I also want to give you permission when there are absolute moments where you're like, 
I don't have the capacity for this. I, it's not even a small tweak situation. It's a, I need to only focus on making money and not like all the marketing and all the branding updates and all the other cool things that I have to strip back. And so like during that time this summer, I called off launches. I made a lot of huge changes. I stopped creating content and that is okay. So I just really wanted to have that, that moment to let you know that it happens. There's nothing wrong with you. You know, you're not a bad business owner. You're not a bad CEO. You're better for it, for recognizing that like pushing through and just making small adjustments isn't actually going to help. But then having a plan in place for when you will start back up again and revisiting that and, and being flexible, you can always adjust that. But definitely having, an, you know, I said, I'm going to start creating content again in August. Like that feels really great to me. And so I had that in place. So I knew I was going to start back up again. All right. So regarding the small adjustments, right? I find that the thing, and maybe even the big one too, because I already said this, the thing that I modify is my marketing strategy. So at Primary, we believe in focusing our energy and attention on evergreen SEO marketing content. So my existing marketing strategy looks a little like this. I show up on social media as a way to nurture my existing audience. I don't use social media as a way to get discovered, quote unquote. I use it as a way to show up and nurture. YouTube. So for about a year, I was creating weekly YouTube videos. Super easy to do when stationary. <laughs> I also did it in the RV and had to stop because it was really difficult to travel, to modify the sound, to handle the editing and uploading was like a legit nightmare. Um, and so once we moved into the apartment, I started creating weekly YouTube videos. Loved it. Oh my gosh, so much fun. Those YouTube videos are transcribed and turned into a blog post. Last year, I also started this podcast and I already shared the intent of this podcast, but those are weekly episodes that I create and those get turned into show notes and obviously are posted on the Brand Mary blog on my website. So as a result of the YouTube and the podcast, I also create blog content and weekly emails, which I've already mentioned. I typically email my list one to two times a week, sometimes even three times. I, like I said, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I know some people who join my list are like, ooh, it's a lot of emails for me, but it's totally authentic to me. It's something I've always done. It excites me. And I've ha I have a lot of uh, people who have literally been subscribed for six years <laughs> who will email me if I don't email them. Like, uh, for instance, my Sunday letters. I started doing Sunday letters this summer. Again, made a choice that I wasn't going to you know, be creating new content, but email marketing felt really fun and exciting. So I added an element there. So I created these Sunday letters and we get emails when I don't send a Sunday letter. It's like, wait, where's your letter? I miss you. What's going on? Where are you at? And it's just so funny. So just kind of giving me permission that like weekly emails are still amazing and can create amazing revenue for your business. So that is what my weekly marketing strategy looks like. Lots of repurposing my content, but obviously I create a lot of content and I'm really good at bulk creating content as well. But obviously you could bulk create a bunch of content and then you need to bulk create it again. Okay. So like the timing is really important. And what happened to me is that 
we found that like, oh wait, I was bulk needed to bulk create a bunch of content while we were packing and while we were getting ready to move. And that just did not sit well with me. So what I typically do in these moments where I need to make adjustments to my marketing is I first look at the data. So because I have been doing this for a while and I'm super consistent with my content creation, I first look at data. What is the data telling me? How are my podcast episodes performing? How are my YouTube you know, videos performing? What does it look like when I send a video to my email list? Do they click through compared to my podcast, right? Like we have all of this data at our fingertips to make these marketing decisions. And I often say that your marketing decisions should not start with emotion. They should really start with data. Like look at the data first, because sometimes you can think that something's not working or it, it is working. And then you look at the data and you're like, Ooh, wait, nope, I was totally wrong. And so anytime that I am making some adjustments to my weekly workflow, I always look at the data first because the data is just, I love it. I call them data-driven decisions and they're just so powerful and they can really ground you and kind of get you out of, you know, the clouds and, um, keep you from making maybe an emotional decision that isn't the right move from a logistics decision. And so the first thing I always do is I cut back on social media because I, the data is very clear to me, right? Um, the reach is not as great on social media. Uh, it feels more time consuming for me. And um, again, I'm not using it as a way to get discovered. I'm using it as a way to nurture my audience. So I don't feel like I need to show up every single day on social media in order to, you know, be relevant in their minds. And so typically that is the first place that I will pull back and I'm, I'm doing it right now. Like literally haven't really been showing up on Insta stories. I did share that we were going through this life transition and asked, Hey, does anyone want to hear about it? And a bunch of people said yes, which is why I decided to record this podcast episode, but, uh, posting maybe one to two times a week and just very organic kind of in the moment, not really pre-scheduling things. So that's the first place that I, I pull back on. Then I really turn to the data and I pull that data. So when I was making um, some decisions in August, I started to look at my YouTube videos and the podcast. And this was a good idea on my part because in my mind, I was thinking that YouTube was creating the best traction. YouTube is definitely more discoverable. It's a search engine and um, it's it's more engaging. I, I like creating video. I think a video is a lot easier to teach and do trainings and things like that. But the data was showing me that my ROI was not great. And what I mean by ROI in this scenario is the time and energy that it took to create the content versus the reach and the engagement and even the clicks in my emails. So YouTube videos specifically take a lot of time and energy and I love them and I think that they can work amazing for brands and businesses and you have to find your sweet spot, right? But 
between the recording, my husband being the multimedia manager and doing the editing, which of course I could outsource, but I don't want to. Um, we, it takes a lot of time and energy, like one YouTube video to, to write the script, to do the SEO can take about, um, I would say like 45 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes to do like the SEO and write the script. Recording, I can typically record a video in about 30 minutes. I have a whole strategy where I just pause and, you know, say a couple things and then pause and say a couple things. So it's just a long video. And then my husband cuts it. Editing, obviously, depending on the video, depending on how intricate it is, can take anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. And then you we upload, write the description, all that. So that's a pretty big chunk of time to create one video. So when I looked at that data, I was like, wow, okay, all right, good, noted, putting that in my back pocket. Then I started to look at the podcast, and this is where I was really, really shocked. So the podcast data, and we get this through our platform, Libsyn, this is where we upload, so you can get all your stats on the back end. The, we are getting way more weekly listens on the podcast than a YouTube video, hands down every week. We're talking by like hundreds a difference. And um, that was really shocking to me, honestly, because as I mentioned in the beginning, when I first started the podcast, it was really just a way to, you know, nurture my audience and they're really easy for me to create. So I guess in my mind, I'm just thinking, oh, these are easy. So, you know, who knows what's going on? But the data was super clear. So then I started again. I go into the next step. I look at the data and then I go into the next step. What's the ROI? So as I mentioned at the beginning, lately we have had a lot of people reach out and say, oh, I found your podcast or we just did a launch for Brand Mary Academy and we had uh, quite a few people say, I love listening to your podcast or I found your podcast and that's how I decided to work with you. And so it became really clear that there was a huge ROI here in terms of revenue. It's a little harder to see with podcasts, I think, because you don't see comments, you know, um, and there's no like, like, <laughs> but the data can really tell you people who are tuning in um, and different elements like that. So then I started thinking about the ROI of my time and my energy. It's way different than YouTube. So for podcasts, what I primarily do is I map out 90 days of topics at one time. And so I have my topic. I write a few notes, but I definitely don't write like as many bullets as I do for like a YouTube video. And I sit down and I push record. And that's it. <laughs> like, that's it. I made a decision really early in my business especially when it came to podcasting, that I wouldn't do a bunch of edits and change it all. I wanted it to feel really organic and natural. I mean, if you're listening, you obviously like that. So here we are. I know a lot of people don't. And like, treat your podcast however you want to treat your podcast. But I didn't want something that was overly produced. I wanted it to feel like an intimate conversation, like we were just sitting next to each other and I was just telling you these things. So my husband typically just takes the recording, adds intro music, and it's ready to go. So less than an hour to create most podcast episodes versus 
three, sometimes four hours to create a YouTube video. And then even the uploading process is a lot faster for the podcast. Delena can typically, you know, upload the podcast and add the show notes to the blog in like 30 minutes. And so that's a huge thing for me is this the time commitment. Like how much time is it taking? And then the data was showing that like, oh my gosh, this is where like you're getting the greatest ROI. So then blogging, obviously, if I'm not creating YouTube videos, we pull back. We only have one blog a week, but that is okay. We also know that blogging for me is huge. So I get a majority of my traffic from Pinterest and Google because of SEO. And so having blogs is really important, but I also have so much data on my blog, on my website, like so many blogs that I can repurpose old blog posts. I can update them that having just one new blog post every week is totally fine. And it's, it's, it's fine for like the vast majority of people. But again, I was doing two. So because I was like, oh, the ROI is amazing for the podcast. It doesn't take me a long time to create the content. We've got the workflow in place. We've got the blog. We're still creating that. Pinterest is great. Okay, we're great. We're good to go. And then obviously my weekly emails. So after looking at the data, which is my first step, which I always recommend you start there, look at the data, look at all the different areas that you're showing up, look at all the different things that you're doing and see what the numbers are actually telling you. Then look at the ROI. Consider leads, right? New leads coming in, which I always say is like revenue, right? It's the first form of payment that someone will give you their email address, sales, and then time. Time, 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 time. (laughs) Because if I need, if you need to pull back in an area of your life, if there's one project that takes a ton of time and is not producing an incredible ROI, then by pulling back in that area temporarily, you are able to dedicate that time not only to your life where it's needed, but you might find that you also have a little bit more time to, uh, you know, amp up an area, another area of your business, right? So like, hypothetically, I could create two podcasts a week. I'm not going to, but I could, right? Like you can look at those little changes, or maybe now you've pulled back on something that's taking a really long time and you want to experiment. Let's use TikTok as an example, right? You want to experiment with TikTok. So now you have a little bit more room to experiment and play with it. Maybe not do anything where it's like a daily and super rigid, but you you can modify and in, you know, kind of adjust where your time and energy is ultimately going to serve you during that season. And then of course, there are those non-negotiables, right? Like weekly emails, which I recommend everyone does. It's something that I will always do. It's something that uh, you can also batch very easily and pre-schedule, which is fantastic. And then the third thing that I always think about is like, how does this make me feel? Because I never, with marketing, I never want to make the decision solely based on emotion, but obviously it plays a role. And so when I was thinking again about making these adjustments in my business personally, social media Sometimes it feels fun, sometimes it doesn't. I made a promise to myself a long time ago that when it doesn't feel fun, I don't push it. Because again, the ROI is not there and it's time consuming. So it's like, why would I just fight to do something that doesn't feel good? But when it does feel good and it feels fun, I'll I'll do it all day. 
YouTube, right? I mentioned at the beginning, I love making videos, but something just in the last 30 days, because of all the changes in my life, I I was like, I don't really feel like making videos, you know? Like I don't, I'm not really excited at the thought of creating video content. And so when I add the data and see that, okay, it's not getting the amount of traffic that I would like based on my ROI. And it feels like I'm, you know, really having to push myself to even make it happen. It was very clear to me that this was the area that I needed to pull back on. And it might not be permanent. It probably isn't. But I also know that when I'm, when we're traveling, creating YouTube content is difficult. Creating consistent YouTube content is difficult. So that felt like a really great decision, right? Because I went through these three things. I asked myself how I was feeling. I looked at the data. I thought about the ROI. And I could make that decision and feel really freaking good about it. Then obviously the podcast. We've already talked about this. The data is there. We know the ROI. And I like doing it. Like it feels really fun right now. This is my third episode that I've created in less than 24 hours. I freaking love it. It feels exciting. I'm lit up by it. Obviously blogging weekly emails. So these th- this three like tier criteria is what I always come back to in these moments. And it's so powerful because what I have discovered is that if you push against something that doesn't feel right and isn't working and know it from the data, the results will not be there. And then you're just going to burn out. And I... I often say I have never burnt out in my business. Of course, I've come close, right? But I can always identify it and stop myself before I get there. And so it's because I've done this process here. One last area that I think is so important to touch on is the client workload. So because we're in the business of making money, right? We're entrepreneurs. This is an area where you might have to make some adjustments. Maybe you need to take a step back from client work. Maybe you focus on, um, because you're calling off a launch, you focus more on -on one-on-one, right? I go through this ebb and flow a lot. So this summer specifically, I had decided a launch was not in the cards. So I launched a new one-on-one package with Delena. It's a full strategy and tech package. We sold it out within 48 hours, all pay in fulls via email, right? Like, great. (laughs) That felt really good. We've been working with those clients. Then at the end of August, we had the launch because we had the capacity for that before we started traveling. But then over the next month, it's really going to be focused on, you know, uh, working with my existing clients, improving my existing stuff, and obviously one-on-one because that's what will work best for my lifestyle at this point in time. And last last week's episode, I talked a little bit more about like boundaries and one of the things I wish I would have learned really early on. So when I'm gearing up for these moments of a little bit more chaos <laughs> and uh, demanding more from me, I'm super transparent with my community. So if I know that it's coming, I mean, I'm sorry, my clients and my community, same, cease. But um, if I know it's coming, I will let them know. So my one-on-one clients have known that I'm going to be on a two-week break from business, like not answering emails, not answering Facebook messages or group group um, comments inside of the academy, none of it for two weeks. And they've known for over a month. 
I strategically ended a few one-on-one clients, you know, last week and this week so that I can take that break. And then my one-on-one clients who take a two-week pause, they know about that. And so I'm also recognizing that like in those moments where I need to step away or um, life is needing a little bit more from me or I'm going on vacation, shoot, being super transparent, setting those boundaries, I've never had a client get mad at me for setting a boundary and honoring that. It's like leading by example. And so that's definitely one of the pieces that I didn't want to neglect because I think it's really important. And I have a lot of episodes. I have an episode last year um, where I talked about taking a two-week vacation, which you should definitely tune into and why I think every entrepreneur should do it uh, at least a week every quarter. And I talk a little bit more about notifying my audience about that. So again, these moments in life are going to happen. They'll keep happening. You as the CEO, you as the business owner need to have a a system in place where you can make these changes in a feel-good way, right? Where your marketing doesn't feel like you're just doing it to do it and you can make these adjustments because we know marketing is important, okay? We know it is. We also know that nurturing is important. We also know that selling is important. Like these are the three levels of marketing, brand awareness, brand attraction, brand connection. We don't want to stop each of those completely, but during certain seasons, it's important to know where does your energy need to go and where can it pull back? And looking at the data, numbers, numbers, numbers are a friend. Thinking about the ROI, not just in revenue, not just in leads, but also in your time. And of course, how you feel. Does it feel hard to do this? And honor that and have that conversation with yourself. So as you can probably guess, new podcast episodes will continue to come out. And I'm so excited to share those with you. I will be taking a break from my YouTube videos, but um, the cool thing and the thing that I really love about evergreen content is that it's still there. And so all of my old videos are still getting views. They're still getting discovered. I'm just not creating new content. And one of the things that I love to do during a period of time when I'm not creating new stuff is to try and get my existing stuff seen and watched and consumed. So if there are YouTube videos that I know are so freaking good that maybe came out during a, a, ta- a busy season, maybe I released them in the summer, or I have, um, I just want to make my audience aware of them again, I'll just email them to my email list or we'll put a new pin out there on Pinterest. So we're, we're not letting that content disappear after it's been posted. That's why I love evergreen content we're consistently driving traffic to it. So I don't have to create new stuff in order to attract my audience and nurture my audience. And that's a really fun place to be in business. You might not be there just yet. You might be in a place where you have to create new content just to, you know, you're in the beginning phases. But know that by doing so, you're actually setting yourself up and supporting your future self by having this bank of content and resources and things that you can then send out to your audience that will continue to grow your email list, that will continue to get you leads and, of course, sales. And let us not forget the importance of weekly emails and nurturing your audience. My friends, time and time again, when I have been in a season of life where 
life is demanding more from me, I will show up for my email list, show up for you, the primary community. Often I will sell something. I will promote my one-on-one. I'll launch a new offer like the Empowered CEO that Delaina and I launched this summer, which we will be opening spots again soon in November. I sent one email and we sold it out in 48 hours. I think it was like $11,000 in like 48 hours, (laughs) you know? So don't underestimate the power of nurturing your existing community. All right. Well, I, again, I'm in Greece right now. Not right now, right now, but when you're listening to this, I am so excited. Today is my husband and I's 10-year wedding anniversary. So definitely come over to Instagram. Give a shout out to my boo. I He's He's absolutely amazing. And it just blows me away that like we've created the life that we have over the last 10 years. I'm going to be all mushy-gushy over on Instagram. So definitely come check me out over there. I'm at Michelle Knight Co. If we're not already connected, as always, I invite you to DM me. Let me know how this episode spoke to you. Um, if you have any follow-up questions, I'm there to have a conversation with you. And I might take me a little bit because we are definitely in Greece enjoying our lives, but I will get back to you. I always get back to everyone and I love having those conversations. The last thing I will leave you with in today's episode is if you haven't already grabbed my free resource, the 45-day brand plan, definitely check that out. I put together a step-by-step weekly breakdown of how you can build your brand and launch your website in just 45 days. So this coincides with my new course, Build a Better Brand, which is designed to give you the actual, you know, tools and resources um, and trainings to do that. But this free guide is a fantastic place to start. So be sure to check out brandmary.com slash 45 days, and I'll be back next week with a new episode. We love reviews over here on the podcast. I mean, who doesn't? If you can take a second to leave a review of the Brand Mary podcast over on iTunes, it would mean so much. And to reward you for your time and energy in doing so, I'd love to buy you your coffee, tea, or freaking muffin completely on me. Just after you leave a review, take a screenshot, head on over to Instagram, and find me, Michelle Knight Co. Send me your DM, and I will send you a gift card for Starbucks. It's like a win-win. Not only are you writing an amazing review, which allows us to get the podcast out to more people, you're getting a free beverage and we're connected on Instagram. And as always, if this episode spoke to you, please consider sharing it with just one person. It means a lot. All right. Thanks so much. And I'll see you in next week's episode.